under pressure. Dun 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 da da dun dun. Queen. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book 5. Ocean. Chapter 2. Old Wounds. Welcome back to another episode of The Dragon Pod with Bending Not Breaking. Thank you all so much for listening. It's really a pleasure having you listen to this podcast and joining us on our various communities online and DMing us and having conversations. It's just a blast uh, being in community with you. And I am so excited to be talking about episode two of season five of the dragon prince but i'm not talking about it alone folks i have an incredible guest that i'm excited to reintroduce you to it's my pleasure to remind all of you about sasa rojan uses she her pronouns as a returning guest on our podcast and an exceptional actor who you can find in shows like bates motel supergirl the flash but you will likely know her best for her inspirational work in The Dragon Prince as key member of the Dragang, King Ezrin. Sasha, welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Oh, man. You know, it's I got a nap in earlier today. And so I'm like, <laughs> that kind of is, I like that. That feels nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's been really, really lovely. Um. It, what what's what's been going on with you? It's been a while since we've had a conversation. Um, I recently got sick, so I'm just getting over that right now. I don't know if you can hear it fully, but um, <laughs> yeah, I had like a flu or something. Um, I haven't really been doing too much. Just been traveling around. Oh, I painted my grandma's house. I painted my sister's house, and I met my cousins from New York, so that was really cool. And, so. Yeah. Amazing. What was your, uh, we're coming out of summer as we record this. What what was your favorite summer moment? Definitely meeting like 27 members of my family. And like, we all stayed under the same house for like a week and a half or something. Wow. And I slept with like seven kids in my bed. Like Ooh. just all seven of us. They're all like around my age too, or a bit older. Dang. And you can sleep like that? <laughs> it was uncomfortable and some of us slept on the floor but it was it was pretty nice okay all right yeah that's there's something that <laughs> like i'm i had uh i i was under the conditions of someone else sleeping in my bed for the first time in a long time and i was like i can't sleep i can't do this what yeah. is going on <laughs> so i got trained out of it and so like but i like i i think on what you're describing fondly but at the same time i'm like oh i don't know if i could handle it <laughs> <laughs> yeah just not a moment's peace, really. No, with 27 people in one house, that seems like yeah. no. Don't get <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it was really fun. Had yeah, yeah, it was. Before? Pardon? Had you met all of these people before? Or was this the first time you were meeting them? This is my first time I've heard of these people, but I've never met them. And I only like have heard about them like the like a week before that they came. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that I knew these people or that like these people existed. 
Yeah. Well, what an incredible way to find out that your community is just that much bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. Oh, amazing. And then how was your experience of season five dropping? Like, I I don't, it's it's always so different for the voice actors. I'm curious, how did you receive the, the drop? Um, I found out through, I think someone tagged me in a post or something. They were like, oh, season five dropped, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know. And it dropped a couple days before they said that it was going to drop too. So I was so excited. I was waiting for it to drop like all week. I was sitting on the couch just waiting. And then someone tagged me in a post and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to watch. So I watched it. (laughs) So cool. Yeah, it's, it's always funny. Everybody's like, well, the VAs know everything. It's like, well, they know a lot. <laughs> they don't know everything. They get surprised too. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool. I w- and I want to center us just a little bit and go towards this uh, this episode and thinking about the, the making of this episode in particular, Old Wounds. Um, and we're just really grateful to have someone with firsthand knowledge of of what went on behind the scenes. And so I'm I'm curious, well, as as you remember fondly, I know it was probably a long time ago at this point, but as you remember what it was like to make this episode, um, I'm curious if any details pop up that that are that are fun to to learn about. Um, in one scene, there's a scene where I couldn't stop laughing and then um I had to like retake the scene probably nine times or ten oh. times. And it was the scene where I'm talking about how to take my duty on the throne and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember that. Well, yeah, like that's that whole scene. But um, I'm a very big like fart joke girl. <laughs> like I laugh at a lot of potty jokes, which is horrible, but it is what it is. No wonder um, you fart, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we were filming that scene and I could not stop laughing for the life of me. I had to retake that scene so many times. It was it was horrible. It was horrible. It's so <laughs> funny too, because literally the whole conversation is about like learning to be a kid and, and have fun. And Ezrin's super serious until it's pointed out to him what's funny about it. And then yeah. he's able to break down. And it's so funny that the person who is voicing him is the complete opposite in a way that's really uh just like nope i'm gonna laugh the whole time (laughs) in that sort of way me and ezra are like very different because he doesn't like make jokes often i make jokes all the time especially potty jokes which i admit is not my best suit but um he won't notice anything that someone says or like won't make a joke out of anything that someone says he's very serious in that way but i will make a joke out of absolutely anything and everything Amazing. It's the difference between having to run a country and not perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe that does something to someone. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, I want to go from here to uh, we've talked a little bit about this behind the scenes, but also thinking about like what's going to shape our conversation. And we talked about, uh, we offered a few lenses for you to kind of pick from and you landed on pressure and it was very quick on the response for pressure being um, the lens you wanted to work with. And I'm curious why you chose it. And then uh, we'll go from there. Well, in this episode, Ezrin has to talk to like a bunch of dragons that he's never met. He doesn't know if they're gonna be mean to him. He doesn't know if they're gonna be nice or if they're gonna want to help him. 
And a lot of the fate of the world is in his hands and it's all the pressure that's being put on him. How does he know what to do when he's only a child? Like he's only 11 years old or 12 at this point. And he has to become a king for both the people and the dragons. He has to step up and save the world basically. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> uh, it might have been even too on the nose. Like there's just so much pressure on on Ezra and coming from all sides, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh, have you, I, and this may be presumptuous and feel free to tell me to, nope, we're not going to talk about that. But have you ever experienced pressure in your life? And if so, I'm curious what that feels like for you to to experience it. I feel pressure all the time. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. A lot of people expect like a lot from me because of being an actor. My family's like, oh, you probably have a lot of money or blah, blah, blah. Like you could pay for this. You could do this. You could do that. But then again, I'm only a child. I'm a minor and I'm not prepared to like take on all of the big duties in the world. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I have to step up for already that well, that I have stepped up for already that I probably shouldn't have because of how young I am or how young I was at that point. And so I've learned to deal with all the pressure and the stress, but I do have anxiety and I do feel pressure all the time and I'm stressed out constantly, but I've just learned to deal with it over time. Yeah. And I think that will always be dynamic too. I know it has been for me having experienced plenty of pressure myself, thinking about sometimes it is a manageable amount of pressure and then sometimes it is not (laughs) and figuring out like when those moments when this is not manageable when this is not okay what do I do in those moments and I'm I'm curious what we'll learn from the episode around around those moments we'll we'll see because I think we're going to encounter them (laughs) Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing. I, I appreciate it. I think that this is a pretty ubiquitous lens that most people will have encountered um, yeah, yeah. Felt in their life. But before we dive in, we have to do the the hard thing, which is the 30 second recap. Uh, would you like to go first or second? I would love to go second. Second. All right. Uh, I have a stopwatch, but will you clock me in? Yes. Like a three, two, one. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. 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 So Callum and Rayla are head to the library after donuts and then Claudia and Terry head out while Viren has a vision and then Raylam enjoy an inn and they're very happy in the morning. Weird. Viren's dreams are wild and his vision is like a kiddo. And then there's his teacher and a homunculus. And then Rayla and Callum debate stars. And then Terry tells Claudia to sleep and makes a raft. And then Harrow joins the dream with Pip. And then there's an infected banther attack. And then the horse gets got, but then they escape. And then baby sword is so cute. And then pink things to dust. And that's 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh-oh. Oh no. There's I'll so see many. what I can remember. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure you'll remember some things. It'll be great. Um, and then no worries. If not, uh, are you ready? <sighs> yes. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Um, okay. So as you said, Callum and Rayla, they go to an end. They, they, they do their stuff. Um, Viren has very under pressure dreams. His dreams are under pressure because he feels like he has to, he has to do things for his daughter. He has to save a bunch of people. He has to save his family. Um, and then 
uh, I have to talk about my speech and yep. I am under pressure. I have to think about the dragons. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, this is so hard. 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, there's Nailed pressure. It. There's pressure. Uh, talk about, uh, this was actually a pedagogical choice to, to do the 30 second recap. <laughs> what it was like to be under pressure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, and I think we covered most of it, right? I think uh, landing again on Viren's dreams, that's going to be a huge conversation. But yeah, yeah. But we'll see where we go first. I want to toss it straight to you. Um, where do you want to go first? What kind, What moment do you want to talk about in, of of pressure in this in this episode? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Do you have any in your mind? Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, let's start. So let's start from the beginning. I'll go kind of chronologically. Um, I was thinking very simply in the beginning, right in this opening episode or opening scene with with Callum and Rayla, and how we will forego our bodily needs when we're under pressure. Specifically, Rayla is still very tired. <laughs> um, and yet the pressure of this mission and wanting to leave early and all of the like all of the things leading to a pressure for I have to get up and I have to be awake even though I don't want to and my body's not ready. And uh, it led me to the thought of we lose sleep over pressure. Yeah. And, um, has that been your experience ever as well? Oh yeah, of course. Like, for example, when my cousins were coming, I was super stressed out because I didn't know what they looked like. I only knew that they were around my age and I had to get the whole house ready for them and I had to get food ready. And that was a lot of pressure for me because everyone just randomly left the house and then they were like, Hey, your cousins are coming in a couple of minutes. Be <laughs> ready. You have to get the house ready. You have to do this, this, that, that. And I don't know like how high maintenance they were or if they were low maintenance or if blah, blah, yeah. blah. Or, like if my mom was going to get mad at me if I didn't like clean the house. And so I was under a lot of pressure and that scared me. And I was super tired. It was probably around 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. And I'm running around the house doing whatever. And yeah, that was that was really stressful for me. Yeah. And I just I'm thinking about how it's hard to relax when we feel under pressure, right? Yeah. It's, I think that's part of the, a, a learning for me is, okay, I'm feeling a lot of pressure from a lot of places. And yet I know that sleep is probably going to be better for me in the long run than giving into this pressure in this moment. And it's just, it's hard to figure out when those two things, which one is true at the right time. Sometimes given to the pressure, sometimes, sleep and figuring out which is which is is tough sometimes yeah but and especially when you're under pressure and you're under stress it can cause you to feel so much more tired because your mind yeah. and your body is tired now it's not just your body yeah, working double time that's a great yeah point. yeah and then they get donuts which makes everything better right <laughs> say doios excuse me um yeah. but yeah it was an interesting moment there for me where i was just like wow, right off the bat, I, I noticed this it, differently because of the lens. Um, and then from there, we, we go to Claudia and Claudia is just a, a pressure ball at this point. Like <laughs> the, the whole, really this whole season, Claudia is just like constantly under pressure. Um, but for her, what I'm noticing differently than Rayla is that 
it feels like this pressure for Claudia is overwhelming, whereas for Rayla, it is still in that like manageable phase. Yeah. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on just Clara- Claudia's experience of, of of pressure in this throughout this episode. <laughs> well, for Claudia, it's her whole pressure on her is based off her dad being alive or dead. So, of course, she's all about family. She's all about being able to be with her dad, being able to speak to him. Because where's her mom? She doesn't have another parent. And she lost her brother due to her being not that great of a person towards other people and towards herself even. And so he's the only thing that she has left of her actual family, like besides like Terry. But um, her like immediate family, that's all that she has. So, of course, she's going to put all of her all into trying to bring her dad back into making him alive and since she has to get there before Ezrin, Rayla, and Callum get to Erevos, since she has to get to um, him to keep her dad alive, it's going to be a lot more pressure because she has to get there faster and then we're under less pressure I guess because it's like oh we could just steal Erevos from them or we could we could get there in time we already know that we're going to get there in time but she doesn't know that she doesn't have dragons on her side or other elves on her side but we do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting point of does Claudia feel, and I think the answer is yes. Does, does she feel like she's alone, even though she has Terry, even though she's literally with um, Viren, it's this feeling of being alone. And like the only person who's really doing this is, is her. Um, And it's really evidenced by that first conversation with Terry too, where, He's like, <laughs> Terry says, slow and steady wins the race. And Claudia's like, why do people say that? I don't understand. Clearly going fast is the way to go. Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of people, a lot of people have that a reasonable reaction to that. And they're like, yeah, why is that the case? Um, but this idea of we watch it in time in this episode of her like trying to go as fast as possible all the time and never resting to the point where she passes out while carrying her dad. Right. And it's like when you constantly are go, 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 and you're constantly under pressure, it leads to your body taking a toll on you. And the, as they say, the body keeps the score and I think we're literally seeing that happen in this. So what happens when pressure lasts and goes on too long? Claudia, <laughs> you turn it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to? All Claudia? pressure makes diamonds. Sometimes yeah. it can just crack a rock. Yes. I. What did I hear that? I, I heard um, a really cool quote that kind of reframed that. Like it's like, oh, with enough pressure, you become a diamond. But I appreciate the way you're reframing it. Is that sometimes it just cracks a rock. But the same way that pressure creates a diamond, I also heard that space and time allows dough to rise. And I like, you know, thinking that not everybody's made of the stuff that becomes diamonds. Some people are made of other things that are also delicious and wonderful, like bread Um, or doyos, if if we're going to carry on. (laughs) Right. People are different. And I think that not just people are different, but we all have different parts of us within us too. And sometimes I respond well to pressure and sometimes I respond well to letting me rest. (laughs) Um, And again, I think it's that hard conversation of like, when, when do I listen to this pressure versus when do I 
listen to my body. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I have an answer, but that's an interesting question to be asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which brings us to Viren's dream, which is wild. <laughs> like, how did you receive this when you watched it the first time? Uh, pressure or not? I'm just curious how watching this landed for you. At first, I was really confused on what was happening. <laughs> and I was like, what? like whoa. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I really feel that it ties into what he's thinking um, in his brain. It's obviously what he thinks is going to happen for the future, what has already happened. He's having a bunch of realizations and he's actually focusing on the other people around him instead of himself and having power and having power over people and being able to control people. He's actually thinking about what he's doing to everyone around him and how he's affecting other people's lives, especially for the worst. It's so interesting too, because when you do put pressure in the conversation is I, I'm wondering if the pressure finally got to him in that this is another version of what it looks like when for the body to keep the score, right? He's passed yeah. out right now and he's in a sense dreaming, right? And we don't have control over that. So yeah. I'm wondering if the body is saying, hey, listen, I'm going to give you all this information for you to pay attention to because you clearly need a reminder of what's important to you. Um, I don't know. How do you, how does that land for you? Does that seem like too wonky or does that seem like, I don't know. How do how do you receive that? <laughs> that seems, that actually seems like very perfect. And what I was trying to say and how I was trying to get my point across because with dreams, I used to study dreams a lot. I love learning about dreams, but they always represent your desires or what you need to realize or what your body is trying to tell you. Mm. And your body always tries to tell you what's best for you, whether that's through a dream or making something bad happen or making something really good happen. It's telling you what it needs or what you should do. And I think that his dreams and him being in his coma and whatnot, that's telling him what he has to do and what he has to let go of or what he has to become and whatnot. Yeah. Well, and I forgive me for going nerd, nerd here, but <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've been paying attention to a podcast by Hillary McBride, who is a psychologist in Canada and um, phenomenal podcaster, like such a soothing voice. It's so frustrating when I listen. I'm like, this is so soothing. Um, <laughs> but she has been talking about how she's very into the wisdom of our bodies, just wrote a book called The Wisdom of Our Body. And um she articulated recently on the podcast how our bodies know exactly what to do to heal. And usually our mind resists <laughs> the things that our body is trying to get us to do. In this case, for Claudia, sleeping. Our, the, the body is telling her, hey, you need to sleep. This is important. Um, and for Viren, he's been knocked out cold and is like catatonic in a way. And this is the body helping him heal. Um, and I think there's a lot of resistance from a lot of people around that instead, where if you take the opposite perspective, you're like, no, I can overcome my body. Like mind over matter is another way of framing it. Right. And 
it's such an interesting way to live, I think, is just yeah. like you're living for your whole time in your body and you don't realize it and you were so disconnected. Um, sorry, that was a long uh, diatribe around. No, yeah, that was that was really good. And it made me think of like how when I'm at school, I get so tired because I get to school at around 6 to 7 a.m. when my school starts at 8, but I only go because my mom has to go to work. So then I go with her, I hit to ride. But um, whenever I'm in my classes, I always fight my will to sleep. Like mm -hmm. my body completely just wants to sleep. I'll even have my eyes closed for a second and then my head will start drooping and whatnot. Like it's it, it's like the movies, how your head just starts like wobbling back and forth and whatnot. And I, that, I don't know what you said made me think about that. And I'm like, wow, I need to be able to listen to my body more. And then I wouldn't have that feeling. I wouldn't be so tired all the time and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. It's just not easy, right? Because, you know, like in the, at night, our body will start to signal, hey, it's time for bed. You should like, are you tired yet? And then we're like, no, I'm going to turn on all the TVs and all the lights and all these things. And I'm going to start doing all and we don't listen. And um, it's just when we do that for long enough, the body like just takes over and says, yeah. I'm I'm in charge now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just really fascinating to think about in terms of Viren, especially because this is just such a um, extreme version of the body taking over, I guess. Yeah. And at the like in the episodes that come after this one, when he finally wakes up, that's when the body's like, okay, you're good to wake up now. And mm -hmm. you've realized what you need to realize and you know what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I'm I'm curious how our listeners are, are receiving this. If they're like, this is weird, or <laughs> but <laughs> like us, maybe they're like us, and we're we're learning together. This is wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Um, chronologically, that brings us to Ezrin, um, and I, I'm this is just fascinating because there's so much going on here. Where like you know, Ezrin has the pressure of the world and the country, and you mentioned all of this bearing down on him, and I'm. This speech is really interesting, too, that he's preparing for. And he's so serious. So we got to, this has to be perfect. We have to do this right. It has to be, you know. And then Soren's like, dude, you just said duty like six times and didn't laugh. What's the deal? <laughs> um, yeah. So like we we talked a little bit about this and how like this makes you laugh. But I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are for from Ezrin's perspective. And it might just be what we've already said, but I'm, I'm curious how this moment lands for you as you watch it versus um, read the lines. Um, when I was reading the lines, it was just flat out funny. But yeah. when I watched it, I it kind of scared me a little bit because mm. I've been in situations where I've said so much funny stuff. I could say the funniest thing, but then I won't realize because of how much stress I'm under and how much pressure I'm under. And it scares me because I can only imagine what he's going through right now, having the whole world on his shoulders, having to talk to different kingdoms, having to be an actual king at his young age. It is weird to see him like that. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't really like that scene when I watched it mm. because if he's not able to find the fun in things anymore, he's not a kid anymore. He's just, I don't know. He's yeah. grown up a bit too fast. And I think that he should get help from other people. He needs more help. And yeah. 
he doesn't want to accept the help, I think. I think that he wants to be his own person. He wants to prove that he can be a king without accepting as much help from everyone else. He wants to be the leader, which is amazing because he's an amazing leader, but sometimes he needs a little bit of guidance or help. Yeah, and I just am, I think for me, I, if I were to insert myself into the scene, I would be most like Corvus, where I'm not the initial person to be like, because <laughs> Soren made me laugh so hard when he says, dude, you're going to turn out weird, like Callum. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that line was just, that was so good. Um, and I just, I found it so funny. And then Corvus is like, no, he's trying to concentrate. Quit trying to distract him until Ezrin joins in. And as soon as Ezrin joins in, then Corvus comes in and says, but also, <laughs> um, you like talking about the deterred comment. Um, and like, it was one of those things where I just found it like really endearing that I think Corvus feels simultaneously the the pressure of wanting Ezrin to experience childhood, but also the pressure of wanting to communicate the right message to the rest of the world and the dragons and the things and feeling that simultaneous pressure from both sides. And um, I guess I empathize with that the most when I watched, but I'm maybe it was for you with Ezrin. <laughs> Um, in that way i realized that they're kind of like his parents because one is like oh you need to focus on this and then the other is like you need to be able to be a child you need to focus on what's around you instead of focusing on how to save the world give yourself a break but then the other one's like no you can't have a break yeah i i love that he has older people that are looking after him and being responsible yeah. for him at least he still has that in in the ways of being a child, right? And like having people that are kind of on his shoulder, so to speak, that are guiding him. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, that kind of relieves the pressure. And I, you know, and I think that's an interesting point too that you are pointing to, a point that you're pointing to, that wasn't redundant at all. It's fine. <laughs> um, but how community may play a factor in relieving pressure. And I think that Claudia seems so alone, but has Terry and Terry is literally the one who is like building a raft for her <laughs> uh, and making it so that she can keep going and giving her like telling her to rest for Ezrin. We have Soren and Corvus for Callum and Rayla. They have each other. They have bait. Like it seems like community eases the burden of pressure um at least a little bit am i am i does that seem right to you does that seem or am i just is that off the wall <laughs> no yeah yeah that sounds perfect and they all have a support system and i think that that's for a reason i think that the creators and writers um put that in there for a reason yeah so i guess that begs the question from us then of like when we're feeling under pressure who are the people in our lives that we can turn to and say, hey, I'm feeling this pressure. Can we talk about it? <laughs> right. Um, and I'm realizing, huh, oh God, do I, who do I talk about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on the kind of pressure, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. So we've, we've hit on everything, but we haven't touched on necessarily everything from the episode. We've hit on all the characters, but we had multiple scenes with all of them. Um, was there anything that came up 
post this conversation with Ezrin that you wanted to make sure we touched on? Um, no, I think that we've got everything down. Amazing. So can we talk about this moment then with this homunculus that uh, is what I interpreted feeling seems to be feeling pressure. Um, so as soon as uh, Claudia falls asleep and they stop moving for just a second, the homunculus st- starts yelling, blood of child. (laughs) And talk about urgency, right? Like, as soon as they stop, it's like, no, we can't stop. Blood of child. That's not creepy or weird at all. Um, But it's interesting because I'm, I'm curious if this is the homunculus feeling this thing, or if this is Erevos who is feeling this and channeling that energy into... The homunculus and i just don't know how much control erevos has over it um but i it, it feels like that's indicative more of erevos's perhaps sense of pressure and I'm, I'm curious how you receive that i never thought of it that way but now that you've said that out loud it makes a lot of sense and i feel that it is erevos speaking through the child um because whenever he talks to viren in his dreams or whatnot in the later episodes when he talks to Viren, it's very urgent and he's like you need to get here and we need this person to be on our side or we need to be able to like drain the blood of our literal child that we have together and yeah i feel that he has a lot of control over him and Viren's child yeah and he can speak through it it just considering how much control he has over Viren later in the season and just like literal control is fascinating to um to watch and really like it's really hard to separate Erevos from the homunculus because of how much control we know he has and so I don't know it's 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 interesting to think about what what free will looks like for this homunculus so to speak I guess in that sort of way I thought that the homunculus and Erevos were the same person I thought that they were just the same thing and Erebos put a piece of himself into the cocoon and then it just grew. That's what I thought happened. I didn't know that. And initially, I thought that too. Yeah. Yeah. And wild. What a weird... It's interesting. It's super cool. I can't wait to continue to learn more about how it works. Uh, Yeah, because I'm so confused on it. I want to know more. Give me more information. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You write down the spell and how it worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Um. That would probably be scary. That'd be a, probably be a scary spell. Um, oh yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. That's fine. Um, okay. I the last thing that I want to talk about is I want to venture back to Rayla and Callum, and they have a really um, interesting episode here where they f- it feels very nonchalant, uh, like they are clearly on a mission. And yet they also are able to like, quote, stop and smell the roses or in other words, stop and like check out the stars at night. And um, I find it really interesting that uh, one, I feel like we can't not mention the fact that they stop at an end because all of the Raylam fans like went (laughs) wild over that scene. (laughs) Like, um, but like the ability to to stop and say, hey, we have time to 
sleep well at an inn. We have time to get free breakfast. We have time to treat ourselves to this because we're still moving, which is like the literal opposite way that Claudia is treating her journey, right? And then it's the next night where they they stop, they rest, and they start looking at the stars. And what I'm noticing, the difference, if we put those in parallel between Claudia and then Raylan, uh, Raylan and Callum, um, is that it seems like the more pressure we're under, the less likely we are to, quote, stop and smell the roses along the way. And, I, and, and as I think about that, I'm like, yeah, that's so true. Like when I'm feeling tre- pressure and stress and constantly worried, I'm like, not, I'm not interested in the roses. Like, but at the same time, Callum and Rayla have found a balance, it seems, with each other around being able to do that. And I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are around, around that, that observation. <laughs> I think that since they spent so much time away from each other and they know that they love each other, they want to be able to treasure every moment, especially if they're thinking that the world is going to end because someone's going to release and destroy, be released and destroy it. So they're focusing on spending their last moments together. They're focusing on, just spending quality time that they've missed out on. Whereas Claudia's focusing on spending quality time with her dad. Well, actually, no, not even that. Otherwise she'd be stopping and smelling the roses, but um, she's just focused on making him alive rather than focusing on him right now and focusing on how to better him. And I think that's, that's exactly what it is. It's right. It's, I think if you were to say, we don't have time to stop and smell the roses, we can smell the roses after we save my dad. Um, and that's exactly what it, like what it's like. And, you know, it's the people who equate like, oh, I don't have time to go on vacation now. I have to get all of this ready and I got to do this and I have to make sure this is all right. And but we're living now and vacation is would would probably make us feel better. And yeah, it's just that, again, balance between this future oriented self and being in the present. Um, And it feels like pressure forces us to be future oriented versus being present in the moment. And then again, I'm going to say something that's a little bit deep, but you don't know if you have like a future. So might as well take the vacation now, then savor it for later. Because what if you don't ever get to experience that vacation because you're tied down doing something or you just can't do it ever. Yeah, we have this wild misconception that we can predict the future sometimes. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think that's so right is, you know, take advantage and be grateful for what we have in the moment. And it's so hard to do that sometimes when we feel the pressure of of life on us. And so I guess that's just an invitation for us to be like, huh, I wonder what it would be like if I were to breathe in this moment (laughs) or rest. Exactly. Like, for example... I was supposed to take summer school in summer, but then I was like, it's my last year of like a real summer before I go off to university, before I do whatever I want to do. And I wanted to be able to treasure that because it's going to be my last one. Mm. So, I think that is yeah. a wise decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I encourage it. I support it. <laughs> uh, that is that is me, this random person offering you that <laughs> Take it really uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. We're going to take a pause and we're going to come right back and do a 
sacred practice. Sounds good. excited to have you thanks for sticking with us um as you know we are taking on sacred practices with this season of the dragon prince and we have not uh been doing them consistently in the past and i wanted to bring them back and focus on them this season and we are revisiting something we have done before which is lectio divina uh sasha you have not done this uh i don't think you have but um I'm excited because it's a really interesting practice that helps us, uh, as the monks would say, who kind of um, talked about this originally, uh, climb into the deep, the depth of the passage and learn more from the text. Um, They kind of frame it as a metaphor, as a ladder that we're going to climb down into the text with. Yeah, and there are four steps on this ladder, but the way we do it on the podcast is we are going to pick a random line, and what I did was I went and picked a line uh, from Ezrin, and so I found Ezrin's speech, I looked at the time, and then I clicked on a random spot within that, and this is the line that was randomly picked. I don't have time to do kid things which is pretty apt for our conversation today so far. Um, And I I should have made you read it since this, but this is Ezra's line, but I digress. Um, So we're going to investigate this line. And so it's the first step, Sasha, uh, I'm going to give it straight to you is what is literally happening in the, in the show during this line? Um, I'm pretty sure Ezra's preparing his speech at this part, right? Yeah, this is, yep. Um, It's in response to Soren being like, listen, you need to do kid things or you'll be weird. And then Ezrin responds with, I don't have time to do kid things. Yeah, because he's the literal king of a kingdom. He may be a child, but he is a king and he has to learn how to stop these two people from releasing an ancient evil that's going to kill everyone. Yeah. So he really doesn't have time to do kid things or just to stop and smell the roses as we talked about before. Exactly. And it's this irony, right, of a child saying, I don't have time to do kid things. Um, And so I just think it's important for us to kind of like remember, because I think sometimes when people watch shows, we forget like, no, this is a child. This is a teen, teen, we're at teen, right? We're we're at teen now. Like a tween. Like a tween teen who is like responsible for a country <laughs> um yeah. keep it like so it's just there's so much going on i think viewers often forget like how intense that would be but so that's the literal meaning check one like we did it so <laughs> accomplished we nailed it um so we're going to climb a little bit deeper and go to step two which is the allegorical meaning meaning 
Uh, what does this line make you think of in other stories and or other places in the Dragon Prince? Um, and so it could remind you of, um, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, whatever. Um, but what what does it remind you of in other stories? And I'll read it once more. I don't have time to do kid things. I think, um, oh, do you know Adventure Time? I have heard of Adventure Time. I've never watched it. Oh my gosh, you have to watch it. I but... know, I've been told. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> it's honestly the best show. I've been watching it for so long. But um, in Adventure Time, Finn and Jake, they have to do constant adventures and they have a lot of fun doing it. Um, they slay dragons, they slay random mystical beings and whatnot, but there are these, um, like hour long episodes and it's basically the ending of adventure time of adventure time. And in one of them, um, Finn, the main character, he's the human of the show. And then he has his little dog, Jake, the yellow dog, um, Finn and Jake have to save the basically the whole world. So it's kind of, it ties into Dragon Prince of how I have to save the whole world with people yeah, yeah. and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, so they have to um, they have to save everyone, but all of their friends are dying now. And then Finn takes everything seriously. He's starting to not have fun, and he's realizing that everything is falling into shambles. They end up saving the day and living their lives to the fullest. It was actually really sad. It made me cry. But um, because I saw like some of my favorite characters die and I was like, whoa, I never would have expected this to happen. And yeah, you really see him take action and realize what's happening around him and know that he can't be a kid anymore. He can't have fun while fighting a monster because no one else, like people are not surviving through this and he really needs to help. So it made me think of the Dragon Prince and how Ezrin can't be a child anymore. He can't live like a child or do things like a child. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's an incredible connection. I think that's a great description of it. Yeah. So for me, I'm thinking it reminds me of just the first thing that came up for for me was Lord of the Rings. I was envisioning like hobbits as kids, even though they (laughs) they are not, but they like, think the the imagery makes me think of them as kids especially on the screen when you see them like in relation to when you see the fellowship of the rain <laughs> they're all very short and so they resemble children and I was like man this should not be Frodo's burden right Frodo should not have to take on this this burden and yet he chooses to and now he doesn't have time to do kid things either like and it's just he had this really wonderful life on on Bag End and everything that he needed, community, like just, and then he's like, nope, I'm going to give it up and take on this thing to save the world. And it's just sad that, yeah. that there, there's such burden that comes with this line of like, I don't have time to do in other words, not just kid things, but things that I would want to do. Like my wants don't matter because the world <laughs> is at stake. And so that's that's what I was reminded of initially. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, this is dark. Um, <laughs> moving on, we're, get, we're climbing even deeper into the text. So we've gotten step one. We're going down to step two. Now we, we're arriving at step three. 
um, which is personal meaning, which is what does it remind you of in your own life? And so I will read once more. I don't have time to do kid things. Um, when I was part of, well, I'm part of the Dragon Prince, but when I first started up with them, I didn't realize that it would be taking so much of my time, especially with uh, gymnastics, because I used to do gymnastics full time. I did it for 37 hours a week, so it would be like five and a half hours today to seven hours. So I would skip school for it, and that already took up so much of my time. I had one day off, and it was Wednesdays, so Wednesdays are my favorite days because it was when I got to be a kid and hang out with my friends and do whatever I wanted to do. And then Dragon Prince came along, and then I would leave gymnastics for that, but my coach would constantly get mad at me and be like, do you want to be a gymnast anymore even? Do you still want to be a part of this club? Because if you're going to choose Dragon Prince over this club, then you shouldn't even be a part of it. And then I had to like find a way to balance them back and forth. And that was a very hard time in my life since I was probably like 11 years old at the time or 12. So I was Ezrin's age and I was learning how to be obedient and be a good gymnast and whatnot and find time for that. And then I also had to find time for the Dragon Prince. They're very lenient, which is amazing. They were so amazing to me. Um, everyone there and they knew that I had to do gymnastics or that I had to travel and whatnot and um, yeah I don't know it was very stressful and that's when I realized that I had to grow up and that was my first biggest memory of taking on the longest tasks I've taken on because I did gymnastics up until the eighth grade yeah. and um, yeah so I was balancing I was for how long was it? Like three years. I was balancing gymnastics and the Dragon Prince, and then I eventually just had to stop doing gymnastics. Ooh, talk about pressure. Yeah. Ugh, I just lament a little bit at that line your coach gave you of like, do you even care? I'm I'm just like, yeah. how dare you? You, <laughs> ugh. Like, ugh, okay. I, I'm feeling righteous anger for you. Pardon me. <laughs> um. Yeah. But okay, okay, I'm gonna let that go. We're going. <laughs> it's fine. Um, wow, what a powerful story. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think for me, I, I don't have time to do kid things. Came around. Um, like there's there's two contexts. Like I, I experienced that when I was a kid. But I think what what is more interesting for me is to think about when I would say this line nowadays in my life and. I I found that being in graduate school has been so difficult for my mental health and I have really struggled with with that and really had a hard time keeping up with the things that I enjoy on top of doing the things that grad school requires of me and thinking about that is like I have slowly what I have what I feel like have become more uh, hollow or things along, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like I am more and more likely to say, I don't have time to do kid things right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, that has been a growing theme for me of like, I don't have time to do what I want to do while I'm doing this. And 
it's catching up with my body. My body is starting to say, you need to do things that you want to do because your body hates you when you don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like my body is starting to tell me and has been telling me for a while, but it's starting to get to the point where it's telling me in a way that is like, it's painful now to <laughs> not listen. Um, and so I'm just feeling gratitude for my body as I think on this and just reminded as this line brings that up for me. Yeah. Okay. We got to step three. There's one final step. We got to climb all the way in. So we've done the literal meaning. We've gone to the allegorical meaning. We've gone to how it means for us personally. And then finally, step four, um, the call to action. Uh, what is this line asking of us now that we've talked about it? What is, um, what would you do differently now that we've had this conversation? Or if you were to, another way to do it is if you were to deliver a moral or message to someone so that like, for instance, so that a child could understand it, um, what would be the moral that you would offer them? And so you can pick either. What is it calling you to do? Or what is the the moral that you would impart to someone? I think the moral I would impart to someone is don't rush being a child and still be a child even into your adult days because you don't know how long you have to have fun. Reach. Just keep on having fun and live how you want to live. Don't live by someone else's rules. Mm. Don't live. I mean, of course, live by someone else's rules if it comes to like crimes and whatnot, but yeah. um, <laughs> like live freely. Try to live as free as you can and have fun. Don't listen to people if they're like, oh, you're too mature. I mean, you're too immature. If it's from the, if it's coming from the wrong person, the person who just doesn't know how to have fun, because a lot of people can't tell maturity from immaturity and they can't tell fun from maturity either. Read here, here. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I think for me, the, the call to action would be, I, like I have slowly started napping more and I went through a phase where I would not, nope, no naps. I just got to keep going. <laughs> and I've slowly been like, nope, I feel tired and I'm going to nap. <laughs> and um, I feel better afterwards. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> like, yeah. And so like, it's, it, but it's been so hard to convince myself because of the pressures of all the things that are around me. And um turns out I feel better and I'm able to handle those things better when I, when I sleep. So I just am I'm reminded of that. And I want to just recommit to um, resting when I feel tired. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, my call to action. Amazing. Okay. We did it. We <laughs> got through Electio Divina and I only almost cried. It's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to our final segment, which is gratitude. And so I'm going to pass it straight to you. Who is a character from this episode that you are grateful for and why? In Ezrin's position, I would say I'm very grateful for Soren and Corvus because they, they're really helping him mentally with what he has to do and how he has to be and whatnot. And they helped him find a little bit of fun at least, which is good. But outside of that, I'm very thankful for Rayla and Callum because 
they demonstrated how to stop and smell the roses while still being on track and trying to get to places that they need to be. And talking about it a lot um, and dissecting that very section helped me realize that I am very thankful for them and the demonstration that they've uh, that they've shown. Yeah, you picked all my favorites. (laughs) So there, had I been gotten first pick since you picked this first, I probably would have gone with Soren because just this commitment to Ezrin and this evidenced care is just beautiful. Like it's one of the most beautiful things. And just coming and coming from a grown man is also not something you typically receive in um cultural culture today so to speak and so like receiving that message from uh, a masculine figure is also really beautiful so i really appreciate soren i think one person i'm also grateful for but i it's more complex is is terry um terry recognizes that claudia needs to sleep and pushes her and pushes her but i think there is it it, it's complicated because a part of me wants terry to be like where's the boundary like i terry seems borderline enabling here and i am i'm i'm curious about that and i don't know I don't know. We didn't talk about it much, but I'm going to trace that line throughout the rest of the season and, and wonder, but I digress. Um, I'm grateful for, for Terry regardless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We have done it. We have gotten to the end. Uh, I would love for you, if you'd like to uh, share or plug or let people know if you want to be found, how you'd like to be found. Um, you can find me on my Instagram at Sasha Zoe Rojan, or you can also find me on my art account on Instagram, which is Sasha Zoe underscore art. I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. Amazing. Follow the Instagrams, check Sasha out. Uh, and as you know, everybody, you can find us on BNB underscore pod on all the things, especially on Patreon. We are uh, endeavoring to get our producer a living wage. And I would love it if we could get to that <laughs> um, for the amount of time he puts into this. Um, and aside from that, I hope you all are enjoying the episode so far. And I hope you'll join me in thanking Sasha um, for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. We did it. All right, everyone, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, be well and do good.